1: Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson the layaround quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, man? Uh,
0: you know what? Uh, besides disparaging Pokemon Go, I'm it's going well. It's uh, it, it's going well, and I'm sorry because I know you're a Pokemoner, look, right? Look, I'm right?
1: not a Pokemoner. Look, okay. <laughs> this this okay. So we have like a slight age gap between us and every once in a while we find something in pop culture that separates our demographic, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's always, but you know, generally speaking, I'm usually like up, like even if it's things that like I shouldn't be, I am because I have older siblings. So -hmm. it's just like, it's, it's easier. But, but I back in the day played Pokemon back in the day. I do not present day play Pokemon Although millions and millions and millions of Americans do. Wait a
0: second. Wait, you don't. You don't do the Pokemon Go app?
1: Not not actively. I have it on my phone right now. I can well, show. You do- <laughs> 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 but but I'm not actively playing it. I'm like level two. I wanted to check it out. I wanted to see what was going on. I okay. So I did go to get my oil change the other day and I opened it up and I caught a pokemon when I was getting right, my oil <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. No, 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 listen you're not no 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 if you you either playing or you're not playing you there's no passive playing you no, no, it is definitely passive playing.
1: it is definitely passive i have it on my phone i open it maybe twice a week
0: you know you know here's how i here's here's my situation i don't even know what it, what it, it's so i guess it's it's an app but i don't i've never seen anyone use it yeah so I I am I'm, I'm totally lost when it comes to that. But you're right, the generational gap is there. So I'm what I'm I'm 4 years older than you.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I five, think it's 4. four or five. I think it's 4.
0: Yeah, years. so that that's the gap because I don't know anything anything about Pokémon. Um uh, except for that, um I like making fun of it on Twitter because it gets people <laughs> so mad. I mean, so mad. And and you know what? We can make fun of it because we are, play a very sophisticated game called fantasy football right. and we and we, you know, neither of us live in our mother's basements anymore. So sure.
1: Um, the, the, the thing that makes me so angry about Pokemon Go are the people that like legitimately think that it's this massive hazard to society. Like, like I under look, I understand all the things that have come out in the news about the teen finding the dead body and the people getting getting robbed at gunpoint and all of this stuff. But there's also a lot of positive things that are happening. There's a story about an autistic boy who's been able to kind of come out of his shell because of Pokemon Go. And I think that if we really want to dig down deep, the people that are that are religiously playing Pokemon Go are the people that generally are probably just sitting in front of their televisions anyway. Maybe this is a way for them to interact with other people and and have fun with it. And that's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing at the end of the day.
0: Well, yeah, and listen. Forget forget the fact that Pokemon Go is literally killing people all over the country. Okay, literally, <laughs> literally, people are dying all over the country. You know, you know what? Fantasy football never killed anybody, except for if you played Nick Foles in Week Three last year. <laughs> yeah, is-
1: exactly. It's uh, the only time that that fantasy football killed people. Was yeah, last then
0: year. you're dead. You're dead if that if that's if that's the case. But uh um no, I mean I I my brother-in-law read a laundry list. Of people who have died, people walked off a mountain. Okay, walked well, that, mountain.
1: okay, but like that's like Darwinism, dude. Like that's just like that's uh, that's <laughs> that's like like these people like this is there, there are there are stupid people out there that 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 take these things and they do stupid things with them. Ninety nine percent of ninety nine point nine percent of the population knows what to do with Pokemon Go. I saw a really hilarious joke though. I don't even. I could. It. It was. It was so these these two kids came to my front door the other day and they knocked to my door and they said, "Hey, can we go into your backyard? We saw there's a Pikachu back there." And so I slammed the door and ran outside to try to catch the Pikachu before they
0: did. <laughs> look, look, I here here's another thing I don't I don't get about about Pokemon Go Twitter, which is a very passionate crowd. And look, at, I get passionate. You're you're passionate. I'm passionate. Yeah. But here here's what I don't get. So you so you're playing Pokemon Go, okay, and you're posting screenshots, screen caps of yourself playing Pokemon Go, and you don't expect people to make fun
1: of you right right this is uh, ridiculous so so let me let me say this as an, as as an objective because i've I've tried the game, but I'm not a, I'm not like playing the game a lot, right so I feel like I have the right balance to to give a take on Pokemon Go, right uh-huh. It's really not that good. Like, it's, it's really, it's, Whoa. it's but, but like, but like people are saying, like people are acting as this, I mean, look at the, the amount of downloads it has, look at how many people are using it as if it's like this like transcendent thing. And like, it's like, it, it's, it's like playing, you know, whenever, every time there were, there were like new um video games that would come out that like had a new graphics engine or something and everyone's like, oh it's so good, it's so but it was always just janky and broken and stuff because like yeah, yeah. because like it, there was no substance to it and it was new. That's what this is. Like it's it's really, really horrible. Like when you you know all the pictures that people are showing of them yeah. catching Pidgeys and shit on on you know like I was in the, the Yeah, you don't know what a Pidgey is. But, but you know they're, they're they're catching these Pokemon. You have to enable your camera and then the, you know how they like show oh there's a there's a pidgey on my desk or something there's a Pikachu that's sitting it's not on your desk you move the camera to place the Pikachu that was on your screen onto your desk it doesn't recognize what's going it's just on your screen oh really yeah that's what people don't understand it's that bad it is that bad of an app oh yeah it's not it's not that well done the the, the, the only cool thing is that it's it's. Allowing people to interact with their actual environment, but like you can do that in like a two D, a world that is not, you know, you don't you could do it in text, really, right? So that's I, that's my take.
0: So I, I thought there was someone at Nintendo headquarters who was strategically placing these these Pokemon characters,
1: well, you know,
0: on like what the gravestones at Arlington Cemetery.
1: Well, right. Well, they they have they have been placed in certain and like like apparently. Like I said, I haven't like walked around and like
0: mm-hmm. tried
1: to capture these things, but apparently, like the water Pokemon are by bodies of water, so they're using the geolocation stuff to like make it an interesting, interesting like. Oh, like if I like, I don't know if you like go into a cave and you get like a Zubat or something. This is my Pokemon knowledge coming out right now, but Zubat, <laughs> a Zubat yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it's 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 a phenomenon. It's 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 insane. Uh I to me I just think that that grumpy people are really just enjoy like your hate is more baked in just like it's fun to make fun of people in general like yeah. about about something whenever yeah. you you do fantasy football stuff all the time but to, to there 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 are some people that just love to hate on like nerds right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like there's that demographic and I sure. I can't stand that demographic
0: or 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 you know people who pretend that that pokemon Go is more frivolous than other things in our society. Yeah, like right. like why you know, I, I love I love this strand. I don't know if it's a joke. I don't think it's a joke, but I see all these tweets that are like like this generation's out here chasing Pokemon Go when we were chasing the Lord.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that's the kind of stuff that I can't I just can't. I cannot I can't take it. I can't take that stuff. I just cannot. <laughs> that's such an unbelievable thing. Like, I
0: was chasing Mon G- Jesus Mon. <laughs>
1: <Jesus laughs> like, what do you
0: – there's only two options? You can either chase
1: Wait, Pokemon wait. They have an Alex Jesus? Smith – they have an Alex Smith Pokemon?
0: Hey, I'm, I'd, I'd play that. You know that, but yeah. – Ooh.
1: Hey, can I ask you something else that's really strange that's been happening to me recently? Yeah, sure. Non, Non-Pokemon related. Okay. So I go I go to the grocery store for lunch and stuff sometimes because they just have whatever you want. And you can get a sub. You can get a salad at a salad bar or whatever. So – I'll go to I'll go to the grocery store Harris Teeter most often the one that's in mm-hmm. in Charlotte, the goat. Yeah, the goat Harris Harris Goater, um, <laughs> <laughs> Goatist Teeter. Uh, <laughs> that's the worst. That so, sounds dirty. So I go I go every time I go to the grocery store. I'm not okay. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. After I buy whatever I'm buying and I'm walking back to my car whoever, you know, you're just, there's a lot of people at grocery stores. So you're just walking out with someone basically like they're either behind you or right in front of you. There's like a 90% chance. I'm, this is not, this is not exaggerating at all. There's a 90% chance that that person is parked next to me in the parking lot. It is the weirdest thing. The the, the weirdest, I didn't know if anyone's ever experienced this before, but listen, next time you go to the grocery, specifically the grocery store, next time you go you buy your stuff you walk out just glance around and see who's around you follow them to their car no I'm just kidding go to your car and watch them be parked next to you
0: so you're so you're saying it's like a conspiracy like someone is like controlling this
1: something is going on yeah. something is going on yeah there was right.
0: You're talking about big gross, gr- big grocery store is is uh is watching you. I get it. I yeah, get it,
1: dude. It was it, it's it's really really insane. It's very insane. I just need to. I needed to. I've been yeah. thinking about this for like three months because it's been happening to me so much, and it can't be chance at this point. It just can't. I was- I go to the grocery store so often because I get it lunch there and stuff. So is my way to get out of the house during the day because uh that,
0: that, that would freak me out a little bit. And and uh, unrelated to that, if we're just going to jump around right before we talk about the meat of the show, yeah. I have uh, a Craig Carter story. I have a my dad story. Oh, here we go. This
1: is, this is a great opening to Living the Stream tonight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're just hitting on all the all the best parts here. So uh, so I went with my dad and my son to the beach. Uh, we, we left Wednesday morning. We came back uh, Thursday afternoon. So it was just a one day thing. So we go to a restaurant last night to, to have dinner, right? <laughs> and uh and it's crowded, it's packed like beach bar type thing. And um, you know, we get crab cakes, the goat, and uh and I don't want to hear crab crab cake slander, you can take that elsewhere. No,
1: they're good.
0: They're good. Yeah, I, I know you're okay with it, but there there's a ridiculous part of fantasy Twitter that hates crab, and that's that's just stupid. Yeah. So um <clears throat> so we're 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 eating and my dad orders um a rum runner. Do you know what a rum runner is? Yeah. Okay. I I I I had never seen one. Oh, okay. So Okay. Uh I I I don't know why, but yeah, so it's a frozen, right. it's a frozen drink. It's like pinkish. Right. And um so my dad so he takes the first sip, he throws the the straw away and he just gulps the first sip, right? And he puts the thing down and I see him this look in his eye and his eyes start watering. <laughs> And he was like, Oh god. And he grabs his head and like hunches over. And I was like, Dad, are you okay? Like, I, I think there's something seriously wrong with him. He was like, oh, Ice cream headache, ice cream. <laughs> headache. Oh, oh. but he's like making these noises and people are looking at us. Is like, oh, god. Life. oh god.
1: I I could feel
0: it on my chest. Oh Jesus. Oh and god. and I was like, Dad, what, what why did you drink it like that? So okay, so that, that passes. Uh he takes some water, eats some of his, his crab cake. Second sip, boom, another big sip, another ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like rolling around on the table this time, and he's like, Oh, 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 please help me. Oh, God, oh, God. I was like, Dad, you gotta stop. You're not a child. You right. can't
1: do this. Right. That's incredible. incredible. You know, long story short, he
0: did it another time. He did oh it. My third. God. And at that point, I was like, Can you just like go somewhere else to finish that rum runner? Because you're embar- You're humiliating me right now. Come right.
1: on. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man it's That's like not- it's like
0: he's never had alcohol i mean like he's never had anything cold before it's You're, just
1: if you ever get a brain fr- i did my voice just cracked because of pokemon. <laughs> it's because of pokemon if you if you ever get a brain freeze uh-huh. put your push your tongue into like the roof of your mouth like behind your front teeth it works
0: i've heard that oh man i don't i i've never had an ice cream headache but apparently it's awful
1: oh it's the woat it is the woat yeah. i've had back back in my fat days i uh would love to <laughs> gobble down when I was like twelve years old. I would love to gobble Ooh, down. I was a baseball player. I didn't need to run.
0: Okay, so you're not talking about rum runners then. You're talking about just ice cream.
1: I'm just talking about actual ice cream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a, no, my college days, No one drinks. No one drinks rum runners in college. <laughs> no, that's no. No one's ordering at hey Guys, a $12 come, to, come to our party tonight. It's a rum runner party. Come on over. <laughs>
0: uh, if you guys were like trust fund babies, maybe I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Uh, uh, but yeah, my my yeah, my dad. My I mean, I was like, Dad, I'm not allowing you to get this anymore. No adult should get three ice cream headaches back to back to back. This no, is no. this is ridiculous. My son was laughing. My son's three years old, and he was laughing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Woo! Anyway. That was a good intro to the podcast. So, segue time today. Right. <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, two quarterback leagues because we get we get this request all the time. And I think that it's a good time to talk about two quarterback leagues because the Scott Fish Bowl is happening. Uh, mm-hmm. For those that aren't aware, the Scott Fish Bowl is a a bunch of leagues, 12-team leagues, uh, of 480 teams. Um, and then Scott Fish sets it all up. You can go to scottfishbowl.com. He sets it all up. There's a playoff to it and, and so on and so forth. The playoffs are like a sort of like a 50-50 for the first couple weeks, and then it, you know, he he a lot, you know certain teams move forward based on how they perform points wise anyway the league setup is a quarterback two running backs three wide receivers everything sounds normal so far but then mm. there's a super flex and three flex spots to it or four flex four four total flex spots four, four total yeah yeah and it's just been I mean it's it, there's no defense and kicker and the the, the draft started uh, I guess on Monday. It's been mm-hmm. been four days since it started. Denny and I are both in it, and it's been out of control. And I say that because, all right, do you mind if I rant really quick?
0: Please. No, no, this needs to happen. We've talked a lot about the Scott Fishbowl and the quarterback things that are happening, so I'm looking forward to hearing JJ's full, informed thoughts here.
1: Yeah, so the thing is with this with this league is in a standard two-quarterback league, you're still starting two running backs, three wide receivers, maybe even two wide receivers, and a flex. And in that case, obviously, with nothing else changed, as as a standard one quarterback league to a two quarterback league, quarterbacks become more important because the demand for quarterbacks doubles. You're starting two quarterbacks. We'll we'll just pretend you know super flex is essentially a two quarterback league because you want your your quarterback to be playing in the super flex. But here's the deal: um, this isn't a normal league. There's three extra flex spots. Meaning you can essentially start, uh, you could actually, there's four flex spots if you want to even assume the super flex. So, you know, you're looking at at four running backs, five wide receivers, essentially starting for your team rather than two and three of both. Mm -hmm. And in a a two QB um, league, that's usually two and a half running backs and three and a half wide receivers. So let me just run through an exercise really quick. And if we're looking at a baseline player, the the worst potential starter in a normal two quarterback league, we're looking at RB thirty. If if there's a, if there's two and a half running backs started, you know, if there's a flex spot, and then if we're looking at the Scott Fishbowl, it's about running back forty eight. Okay, mm-hmm. according to my projections, that's the difference between Melvin Gordon, who has massive upside because he's the primary early down back and his in his. High octane ish offense, right? With one of the better uh, quarterbacks in the league, versus uh, running back forty eight in my in my projections is Tevin Coleman. Okay, so basically what I'm getting at, and then to do the exercise of wide receiver, you're looking at a guy like maybe like Mohamed Sanu, Travis Benjamin, Laquan Treadwell, Laquan Treadwell at wide receiver forty two against. A baseline player, in in what we're seeing in Scott Fishbowl, which is Pierre Garçon, Andrew Hawkins, Ruben Randall, these guys that are are legitimately like you you you're going to have some sort of uh, like you're going to have the shakes when you put them into your lineup every every weekend.
0: Like yeah. like it's gonna
1: yeah. like you're going to be throwing Andrew Hawkins in the in Pierre Garçon in your lineup, and you're going to feel comfortable doing that. Like, of course not. So yeah, what I'm getting that what I'm getting at is. In Scott Fishbowl, everyone's treating this as a standard two-quarterback league. In my draft, like five or six teams by round 11 have three quarterbacks on their team. It is out of control. But the problem is the baseline player at running back and wide receiver is also dropping. So it's not just the quarterback position that's getting higher in demand, if you will. The running back and wide receiver positions are as well, almost to a a a, a larger degree. And the reason for that, I think, at the end of the day, goes back to, and this is a good transition, I think, goes mm-hmm. back to what we talk about on this podcast all the time, and that's streaming. And it's the predictability aspect of the quarterback position, whereas you know, I, like if I, JJ went in, which I did go running backs, especially running back heavy, because you get 0.25 points per carry, go running back heavy and wide receiver heavy. I'm not having those really crazy decisions to make, uh, at the wide receiver and running back position at positions that are much more difficult to predict. Whereas, whereas in a super flex or with, with my super flex spot, of course, I want to throw a quarterback in there, but at the same time, if it's, If it's any starter in the NFL playing quarterback, any of them, I know that they have a nice floor because it's the way the quarterback position is. It's an easy position to predict. And even if the matchup isn't phenomenal, of course, if it's against the Broncos or the Texans or it's a really tough matchup, that's not an ideal super flex to throw in there. But at the same time, we see every single year 40 or more quarterbacks every year put up at least one top 12 performance, one usable performance. That's a, that's a, a, a strong performance in a two quarterback league. Um, yeah. and if we know that's the case, that means that there's quarterbacks who aren't doing that, who are still putting up respectable points, uh, that are, are, are that, that are past that 40 range, meaning, 45 or more quarterbacks are being started every year in the NFL, meaning the quarterback position isn't in nearly as high demand as you think. And considering the running back and wide receiver positions are in higher demand because you're, you're essentially you're, you're making that position. uh, You have more slots for those positions in your lineup. Then the the quarterback position doesn't become more important. It doesn't become as much more important as what people think. And meanwhile, you're seeing Cam Newton get drafted first overall. You're seeing Aaron Rodgers go in the late first round. It's just, to me, it's out of control. Uh, people get so uncomfortable and so afraid when they see those those super flex and two quarterback leagues. I mean, this is yeah. my third third year doing uh, Scott Fishbowl. I've had a, a pretty good amount of success in the league. And last season, I mean, I remember two years ago I was playing Jimmy Clausen, and it wow. was and it was fine. Like I I was I was fine. I've made the playoffs both years. You know, once you get to the playoffs, you need some some fortune. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just think that there's a general uh, overvaluing, crazy overvaluing of quarterbacks. And, and it's, I mean, I say that partially because I'm getting screwed at the quarterback position because so many people are, are taking them right now. But at the end of the day, I know that I'm okay because there are more usable quarterbacks than people realize. And I'm loaded at running back and wide receiver.
0: Right. Uh, does I, you know, I'm glad you, you went on that rant because uh, this is my first year in the Scott Fishbowl and uh the the panic that takes hold when quarterbacks start flying off the board and, and you know we all we talk about <clears throat> we talk about positional runs all the time on this show i've never seen one like like the one that i saw in this scott fishbowl in the sixth and seventh rounds of my league where you know a cu- a couple dominoes fell and then it was just chaos i mean people were you know, reaching and including. My, I, I believe that I reached on Matthew Stafford. I believe that I, I took him because I looked at the quarterback board and it was looking, it was looking like dog feces. Honestly, I mean, it, it I, it was, it was looking really, really awful. And I thought, you know, I, I've done this before. I, I've gotten really cute in a two QB league or a Superflex league, and I've, and I've been left, you know, kind of left behind here. Uh, I don't want to do that this time. I took Stafford. I regret that pick. So I, I, I get. I actually understand the the feeling that you know that that can that can kind of overwhelm someone's uh, logic in in that circumstance. But those you had a lot a lot of good points there about about how. You can trust that you know loading up on on these running backs and wide receivers can will pay off in the long term.
1: Yeah, I think that the problem is we focus so much on that super flex spot, right? So yeah. like people, yeah. people are like, we, you know, I need a Ryan Tannehill or I need these this mediocre quarterback. So you know, I got to the point. So I took Romo in the seventh round as my QB one, and which I was fine with because I think I think Romo's a, a pretty high floor, pretty, I mean, a, even a decent ceiling quarterback this year. Um, <clears throat> But, you know, it got to my pick in the eighth and then in the ninth round, and I could have gotten like a Teddy Bridgewater-type quarterback. And then I stepped back and I said to myself, I truly, truly believe that I can take three incredibly late-round quarterbacks slash use the waiver wire and put together a quarterback that's way better than Teddy Bridgewater.
0: And I believe you.
1: <laughs> like, like even if, even if you think that, that that waiver wire piece won't work out, what if you get Blaine Gabbert and Geno Smith – and you play them by matchup, you it, it, you know, of course, one of those you know one of those guys might not even start and so on. but what I'm saying is if you're taking very, very low equity picks um, and using them on the quarterback position, you can put together a teddy bridgewater season. you can they're, sure. they're, you know it's it's essentially taking what we talk about replaceability. Instead of instead of thinking of replaceability of a QB six or a QB seven in in, in one QB fantasy football, we're now talking about a high end, or actually in Teddy's case, a low end QB two in fantasy yeah. football, and, and replacing him with a little bit lower, you know, essentially QB threes because that's a thing, and just replacing right. them and streaming them.
0: Right, and and it's not like you said. I mean, with those really low end guys like a Bridgewater, you're you're talking about replacing QB 20, QB 22, 23 type, type numbers. And, you know, with, with even, even with the bottom of the barrel, I mean, I don't see Gina Smith is bottom of the barrel. I don't think maybe you don't, you don't yeah, either. Don't I'm not sure, but, 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 but uh um you know, even with, uh, with backups that will emerge on the waiver wire, you know, like a closet, we, we it, it happens, it will happen this year. And I think, so, would you say that you're more aggressive on those quarterbacks because of this, this the the approach that you take?
1: Yeah. So let, let me let me put it this way, I if you look at like the bust rate piece that I did, uh, I guess it was last week, and you see how running backs and wide receivers after once you get into those double digit rounds, just how much of a dart throw it is. That yeah. right now we think that they're in such a good spot, like Kenneth Dixon or. Some of these yeah. guys, you, you, you think that they're in such good spots, but they're not. And <clears throat> if you look at how these guys bust, your chance of, of those guys hitting is so, so slim that you are almost forced to, to, to draft running backs and wide receivers earlier. You, that that's the whole reason that you draft running backs and wide receivers earlier is because it's so difficult to find late round gems. So, so I, because those high equity picks are so much more important early on, uh, I'm I'm fine when I get to the 11th, 12th, 13th to reach a few rounds to get to get some of those Blaine Gabberty, Matt or, or Mark Sanchez, uh, you know yeah. these just the, these guys that aren't very good. Colin Kaepernick, even if if Gabbert's not the guy, I'm okay with reaching a little bit because at that point in time my opportunity cost is not very high at all. If right. I'm if I'm missing out on Kenneth Dixon, oh, shit, I don't care. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if I'm missing out on Marvin Jones, a guy that I love. If I'm missing out on Matt Jones even, that's a bigger deal. So what I'm saying is instead of taking a Teddy Bridgewater and foregoing the chance to have a Marvin Jones, why not just take a couple guys in the rounds that literally don't matter, compile them together and have a, a quarterback that will probably outproduce Teddy Bridgewater.
0: Is there is there a history in the Scott Fishbowl of you know teams that win or you know get to the semifinals? Are they loaded at quarterback? Is that is that the history?
1: I'm not sure what uh it says. This is my take on that is uh I think that there's too, there's a lot of randomness in, in, in that that comes to looking at how a champion's roster is compiled and assembled because it's it's a one week thing where, you know, yeah. a couple outlier performances can change everything. What I'm what I look at mostly is just the math side of things and seeing what is the way to, to give me the best chance to get to that point, to just get into the playoffs and to just to have that opportunity. And then from there, I can look at my high upside guys. I can play those high upside guys and hope that those are the weeks that some of those players, you know, like for instance, I mean, everyone should have been avoiding the Browns and the Titans in this thing because both of those teams have buys during the first week of the playoffs in this, in this league. So if you got Marcus Mariota, I'm sorry, but you're not gonna be able to use him if you make the first round of the playoffs. Hopefully you get a bye. But yeah. that's just that's that's the way that it works. So my my idea here is to ensure that I get into the playoffs, which is what I think that I've I'm doing. Uh and then from there, you have to understand that there's a lot of, of chance involved. But not only that, so much changes throughout the season. So if you think that you can and on July 14th, think that you have the answers to what's gonna happen in December. I mean, you're a god because yeah. there's so much that changes. So it's, it's a lot easier to manage in season than to manage during draft time.
0: Um, you know, I know it sounds sounds really like simple and plain, uh, but I think that is that, you know, what something you just said about I just want to make the playoffs uh, is something that it's easy to lose uh, sight of that that goal. Um, but in the end, that's all that's all we're doing. Right. That's all we're doing is trying to make the playoffs. And you know, if you if you think ahead to, you know, in the playoffs, the championship, this and that, I think that you can get a little bit lost. I mean, I think that the the focus should be entirely on just getting in. Whether you're dominant or whether you sneak in, just get in. Yeah. And and if you can build a team, if you believe that the team you've built, even if it even if you're playing a Jimmy Clausen or whatever can get into the playoffs, then, then that, then you've done your job and you've done a good job.
1: Right. And I can hear people right now, listening to this podcast and saying, but you need good quarterback slash super flex in order to then advance in the playoffs. My response is go listen back to weeks 14 through 16 of living the stream where we recommended you stream Kirk cousins, who was the QB one during the playoffs last season. And then answer that question because yeah, the 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 answer to that question is you don't. You don't need elite quarterbacks during that time. All you need is elite performances, and bad quarterbacks can give you elite performances.
0: Exactly. And and, and I also think, uh, getting back to something you said a few minutes ago, in, in a super flex league, it feels like the only position that anybody is interested in Is that super flex?
1: Exactly. That's exactly right. That's That's that's, it. They hone in on that, and if they don't get that, if they don't get that right, they're they're frightened out of their mind. To me, if you can somewhat punt that position and feel, especially in Scott Fishbowl, where there's so many other flex spots, if you can somewhat punt the super flex position, that's what I'm saying. And then you just you you essentially stream that position in your own way. I'm it's it's streaming in an unconventional way because you're not hitting the waiver wire per se each week. But I mean, there there are going to be teams. That have a literal roulette of a carousel of of quarterbacks that are in and out under center. Denver this season is a perfect example. There's three quarterbacks there right now that could start mm-hmm. Week One, which means there's a probability that three quarterbacks take snaps at some point this season. Last season was the Texans. I mean, there's there's there there are teams every single year where you're going to get usable performances out of those. Quarters. Brian Hoyer was a, a machine at, at mm-hmm. earlier in the season in terms mm-hmm. of fantasy success, and if you if you took the strategy that I did. I mean, I used him in Scott Fishbowl last year a lot because he came off the wire, was able to start him, and he, he performed. Uh, so really, you know, I think that you just have to – instead your replaceable quarterbacks are no longer those low-end QB ones like Matt Ryan who, um, you know, you, you know their ceiling and, and so on and so forth those aren't those aren't where you're replacing. What you're replacing is the low-end QB2s like the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world and Sam yeah. Bradfords of the world where it's just like, okay, we, we know what we're going to get out of these guys. It's not very good. It's going to be pretty easy to replace their production. Right. Speaking of which, I think that that's a good segue to some two QB strategies that we can touch on really quick. I think we've kind of let it be known already that Um, platooning the position is typically the way that, that we go where, you know, you take more of the, the, what, what is a middle round, uh, it's essentially late. It's, you know, you're drafting your quarterbacks later than every other team, but you're getting a group of them that you can then play by matchup. That's, that's really the way to go. That's what I found is the way to go just because of what we talk about on this podcast about how the predictability of the position, the fact that there's a lot of quarterbacks that put up more usable weeks than you even realize all that kind of stuff. But the one thing that I think that we should discuss is in those platoons, Denny, there mm. are quarterbacks that we would never ever target in a single quarterback league that we might be a little bit more interested in a two quarterback league. So you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, I think that it's it's something that um, is very, very useful if you're not uh, acclimated to that two QB format because it is it is very different. Like, I'm sure a lot of our of our listeners have played in two QB leagues are playing in two QB leagues. And that's great. I think we have a, a rather sophisticated audience um, as far as that goes. Uh, But uh, you know, we, we talk about all the time on the, on the show about, you know, don't, don't take, don't take the, the the boring guy in, in the eighth round. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, In a one QB league take, you know, wait, wait and wait and wait and look, look for an upside guy late, late in the draft. Look for the tie
1: gods, the Kirk cousins of the world.
0: Yeah yeah guys guys who could really blow up okay and you and and you know that by looking at you know this and that we we talk about uh those factors but uh the the boring high floor guys are just critical in in uh in a lot of 2QB leagues uh depending on the size of course but uh you know a guy like uh like a well, like see as as Matthew Stafford you know i i think that he uh he's a guy who's shown that he has he has a floor. He also has a ceiling. I mean, he is a ceiling guy. Uh, who knows? Without Calvin for a whole season, if that's still still the case. Uh, but um, you know, he's he is not a guy who's going to go out and get you, you know, six fantasy points, say. Right. Uh, so he jumps out as a as a guy that I honestly don't even see his name in a one QB league mm-hmm. uh, on on the draft board. But I would be very interested in tracking where he is. You know, come the the middle. Uh, or maybe even later rounds of a two qB league if if he could possibly be there. he's He's one guy I would target as far as as those boring guys go.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I think the point here is that um, what when we say a higher floor guy in these leagues, especially again, especially the Scott Fishbowl, where there's more spots in your lineup to really make up for the deficiency that you might have at quarterback, um it makes it easier. To, to say, okay, I have a high floor quarterback. I have some guaranteed points there where I'm really going to win is that wide receiver and running back. That's, that's really where I'm going to win. And, and that's, that's really the case in single quarterback leagues. Uh, and that's, that's what we talk, that's, that's the whole idea of opportunity cost. So it's really the same idea, but it's exaggerated a little bit more because everyone thinks that they need quarterbacks. So their running backs and wide receivers are even worse than they are in one quarterback league. So Denny mentioned Matthew Stafford. I think you know I've been talking a lot about Matt Ryan this offseason because I think he's I think he's a he's in a really good spot for positive regression. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 but I, you know I've I've drafted him a lot in MFL tens because he does have that floor. And then I do you know he'll have some weeks where he's he's fine. Um, but in a, in a one quarterback league, I would I don't care at all to draft Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan is not going to be a plug and play starter this year. I I just don't see that happening. I could see Kirk Cousins being one. I could see Ty God. Ty got Taylor being one, uh, but I couldn't see it out of Matt Ryan. So that's the yeah. difference, really. I mean, it's fine to get Kirk Cousins or, or Tyrod Taylor in a two-quarterback league, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying that the the, the high-floor guys are just generally devalued in fantasy football, and don't be afraid to get them in, in a two-quarterback league with that devaluation in mind because you're able to get them a round or two later, which allows you to build up at running back and wide receiver. Yeah,
0: I, I think Matt Ryan is a great, uh, a great candidate for that, and another guy who... You know, in a one QB league, I I'm not at all interested in, in in getting him unless he's there, maybe at the at the very very late rounds, and that would only be in like a like an ex, you know expert analyst type type league. But um, uh, yeah, he he's excellent. Uh, is are there anybody? Is there Jesus. anybody else who jumps out? Yeah, Jesus, obviously, yes. Yeah, Jesus, is, um,
1: Jesus, Alex Smith, and, and Matthew Stafford are the three that I think are.
0: And you know, right I think. I think Alex slash so Jesus Jesus, <laughs> she just Jesus has this has has this going for him, uh, and, and uh, our friend uh, Rich Rebar has has pointed out on Roto World that um, uh the Chiefs had the perfect uh, game script uh, over the over the final half of the season for this you know the game management uh, very safe type mm-hmm. play that Alex uh, excels in. Okay, yeah, their schedule was cake being honest it, it was cake they got big leads the defense was scoring points the defense was stopping people the running game was on was on point so this all added up to alex being you know basically just the guy who's controlling the offense who's not really asked to do a whole lot so if you if you think that that sort of perfect perfect game script is not uh, sustainable and uh, you know by definition i don't believe it is then Alex could be in a in a uh, I'm talking like I know him Alex, my friend Alex yeah um uh, you know it could be in a situation where he is actually uh asked to produce points, and we've seen him uh do quite well as far as, as fantasy production goes when he gets a lot of dropbacks in a game because he can tack on uh that rushing production, you mm-hmm. know two three points, which is not insignificant when when we talk about a, a point total for a game
1: yeah absolutely, so I think at a, at a high level, just to recap the two q b stuff. Look, we're not saying that quarterbacks don't matter in two quarterback leagues because they certainly do. What we're saying is don't fall fall in love with these quarterbacks and, and, and draft them at a higher valuation than they should be drafted because you need to recognize the impact that it makes on the rest of your roster. You know, if you look at people posting their Scott Fishbowl lineups, they're posting the first ten rounds, let's say, of their draft, and everyone's like, Oh, that lineup looks really good. Well, okay, but it's not a usable lineup because you drafted three quarterbacks in the the first 10 rounds. Sure, your starters look good, but you're not factoring in the fact that that there's going to be busts, that -hmm. that these guys aren't going to be putting up great numbers week in and week out because in July, we don't know nearly enough about football and what's going to happen, even in August, don't get me wrong. But we're not we don't we don't we're not perfect when it comes to our preseason projections to postseason results. Uh, so you have to play into that, and you're not able to play into that if you're drafting your quarterbacks early. So look at the opportunity cost side of things, understand the predictability side of things with the quarterback position, and don't be afraid if you are in a two quarterback league to get a high floor guy in that QB one spot, and even get to the point where you're streaming, you know, with with some really really crappy quarterbacks that quarterback two spot. Agreed. All right, Denny. Twitter time. First Let's one do at Fitz underscore eight four three. What are your thoughts on mustard? Classic yellow or brown and spicy?
0: Throw it, throw it all away.
1: Denny, what is your deal, dude?
0: I, I don't get. Wait, wait. What's your preference?
1: Just regular yellow mustard, but it's really it's 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 classic yellow is solid. It makes like okay. Do you put it on a hot dog?
0: No, man. I've never. I don't have my, I don't eat mustard.
1: What is your deal? That's gross. It's not uh, gross. It's, it's it can make sandwiches good. It can make hot dogs my, delicious. It does make hot dogs delicious.
0: My wife asked me to make her a, a a sandwich the other day, which sounds like a beginning of a joke, but actually she just did. <laughs> <laughs> asked me to, to make a sandwich, and um, so I uh, I mean she was breastfeeding the baby. What, what, what a do
1: progressive household it? you guys. live <laughs>
0: in. Uh, yeah, right, right. We it's we've reversed the the 1950s household. Uh, um i was wearing an apron and and that was all but uh so i was like you know i look in the refrigerator i see two kinds of mustard and I, and i i sort of had forgotten that there were two kinds of mustard and i said uh so which one do you want and she said i'll have the the brown mustard which just sounds gross brown mustard so so i i i take it and i'm i'm putting it on the bread and i'm gagging it's <laughs> it smells
1: awful dude it's good honey mustard's good too hmm. Next one at double A Cantu, all aboard the 2017 Angry Josh Gordon train. You guys coming? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. he'll be so angry (laughs) he's been suspended at that point he'll be suspended for like like five years yeah it's like in a video game whenever like you can build up a superpower or something by beating enemies it's like it's like he's just been building this up and now he's just gonna unleash fury on the league when he comes back
0: he's gonna he's gonna go for you know like five thousand yards and uh and in 28 touchdowns yeah
1: Next one at Knuckle Pop. Will you please spend five to ten minutes to give us your Pokemon Go phenomena takes? Yeah, we already did that. We definitely yep. already did that. Next one, please discuss your draft so far in SFB four hundred and eighty. We definitely did that as well. Uh, yeah. He also mentioned though that the Foster and Apex League story was the goat. You know what's hilarious is because remember last year where every time I'm in that Apex League, every time I draft someone, they would get hurt. Like.
0: Yeah, re- remind people about the Foster thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I so in that Apex League that we have done the last couple of years, uh, it's a it's an expert or an an analyst league, if you will. I don't really like the word expert. And uh, I drafted Arian Foster in the first round, literally 15 minutes before the news broke about whatever his injury was was his foot. I don't even remember what his injury was. I'm just blanking right now, but. It was right before his his injury happened where it was like speculation that he was out for the year and stuff. And I had drafted Arian Foster. And then, I mean, it got out. I mean, I drafted Tyler Eifert right before he got an injury. I drafted. I traded uh, to Evan Silva. I traded Golden Tate and Melvin Gordon for LaShawn McCoy. And LaShawn McCoy got hurt 15 minutes after I traded for him. It just got out of control. And I always hear, you know, like I'll always like tweet like guys that I like or like guys that I drafted. And they're like, oh, I'll stay away. Well guess what, mother ers I won that league. <laughs> oh
0: You did. You pulled off a nice trade in that league.
1: Yeah. There was some I, I got I mean, there's some fortune involved there for sure. Um next one at Trump Boner. Okay. Uh, what's Denny's favorite fruit in a standard fruit platter? It's honeydew, isn't it?
0: No, 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 I actually don't like honeydew at all. Uh, um, it's not that great. A standard fruit platter, so like we're talking about like watermelon, strawberry?
1: Yeah, just don't like like you know what the worst fruit is? What grapefruit?
0: Oh yeah, grapefruit's not good.
1: No, like if you only start lighting grape liking grapefruit when you hit seventy, that's not that's my take. Not great.
0: Oh, you know what? Pineapple. Give me all the pineapple. Honestly,
1: pineapple's great. That's a good take.
0: I I mean, it hurts the roof of your mouth after a while. It does. But it doesn't matter. Like, I, it tastes so good, I'm like, I don't even care. Right. I don't even care. Just, you know, and then, you know, by the end, I'm like, oh, God, it hurts so
1: bad. <laughs> by the end, you're you're vomiting yellow all over the living room.
0: But it was worth it. It was worth it.
1: Uh, next one, at the Pugfather22, thoughts on auction leagues for quarterback. Do you shoot for best value or plan for a $1 guy?
0: I mean, the one dollar—you'd be shocked at what you could get for one dollar. Honestly,
1: right? I agree. I mean, you—the the depth of the quarterback position—you can make the argument that there's more equity to be gained in an auction league because you can get them for min price as opposed to in a snake draft because, um, folks are going to spend up on on the elite quarterbacks. You
0: you kind of have to know your league. Yeah. Um, I, I funny story. A, a few years ago, I was in a league where it was a bunch of, of writers and analysts and stuff. And uh, it was a two mugs league, two mugs league. Yeah, old school.
1: Yeah, I remember those.
0: And, yeah, and uh, um, so it was a it was a it was an auction just like a week before the season. And it was uh, and Peyton was on the board yeah, pretty early, that. right? Yeah. And so Peyton gets on there, and and I think it was uh, Adam Leviton from uh, Roto World. Uh, wait, no longer Roto World.
1: No longer Roto World. Right.
0: Uh, he uh, so he 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 bids on Peyton, and he's going to get him for like. I forget what it was, it like, was like seven dollars. Yeah,
1: it was like eleven bucks or something stupid.
0: Out of a hundred, right?
1: Maybe I think it was. I think those were over 200. Uh, I mean, two hundred. Right, okay. It was something really dumb.
0: It was so so low. So I was I you know like I felt like like this couldn't happen. You know I I couldn't let this injustice slide. So I bid on, <laughs> I bid on Peyton, and then he does it and I do and I was like no no this is not high enough. This is not oh crap I guess stuck with Peyton. Yeah. So yeah don't don't
1: like. The, I mean, honestly, what I do, though, from like a from like a strategy standpoint, a nomination standpoint, is I try to get all the elite quarterbacks out there early because it's where people have money to spend and you know that you yeah. don't want them. Yeah. Next one. Um, thoughts on the overreactions to SFB 480 scoring format versus optimal roster construction. Long live Jesus Smith. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, I think we touched on that a good bit already. I, I agree. There is a lot of overreaction to what um, is ideal in that league. Next one, go ahead. Yeah,
0: the the approach reminds me a little bit of like old old school uh, fantasy drafts where you would just have running backs just go ballistic off the board, and then quarterbacks, then wide receivers would sort of be you know sprinkled in here and there. And I and I get I get why that's not a crazy strategy when we're trying to pile up a lot of running backs who are going to get a lot of touches, a lot of handoffs. I get it because of the scoring, but. It looks weird. It looks very strange.
1: Yeah. Next one Uh at Alex Powers Music. Most likely NFL player and coach to be obsessed with Pokemon Go. Mm. I'm gonna say player is probably J.J. Watt.
0: P- uh, Pete Carroll. <laughs> Pete Carroll's like, I- I'm gonna get that Pokemon. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna get
1: it. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I can I'm see gonna, him I'm like, a- I can see him like come barging into the weight room. Like, I got a Pikachu. I got a Pikachu. Right.
0: We're we're gonna hustle. We're gonna be the best we can. He's like smacking his gum. You know, yeah, I was. I, I thinking... wear, we're gonna we're gonna check it. All. We're gonna we're gonna check it all the way to where uh, uh jet fuel mil, uh, melts metal. Yeah, exactly.
1: I, I I could see Jason Garrett being into it too.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Do you feel like? Do you think he owns a phone?
1: <laughs> that's true. He still has a flip I, phone.
0: He might. He might. He honestly might. You're right. Uh, no,
1: that's a good point. He probably still has a flip phone. Player wise, though, I think J.J. Watt would like think J.J. Watt's like, oh, yeah, everyone's playing it. So I'm going to download it and start playing it. But then no one is really playing it. But he like and then and then he'll like play it off like, oh, yeah, I wasn't really that into it anyway.
0: I don't know. I feel like he would start playing it weeks after everybody else and then be like, (laughs) I discovered this awesome app called Pokemon Go. It's awesome. I work. I work so hard at it all the time. I'm such a hard worker.
1: Hard worker. Yeah, that's good. Uh, next question at SWB eight Oh eight. What are your takes on electric toothbrushes?
0: Um,
1: I don't use one.
0: They freak me out a little bit. I Um, mean, I haven't
1: used one since I was like, I used to have one when I was like nine.
0: I did. I did too. I mean, my dentist has told me that, you know, like, you know, basically, it's the only, op- it's your only legit option. That brushing your teeth any other way is but, not but like,
1: like, so you know why you know everyone like hates the dentist because like the the machines that are in your mouth and stuff and like how frightened they get and all that kind of stuff. I hate the dentist because every dentist and dental assistant are huge assholes. Yeah, they make you feel so guilty about like, like, look, I brush and I floss, and they're like, oh, you don't you don't floss enough or you don't do the. It's like it's like what. what? I'm I'm living like I'm doing, I'm just living my life. Like, let me be like, I'm coming, I'm spending money. I'm giving you money. Be nice. Yes.
0: Yes. Don't treat me. You know, don't, don't talk to me this way when they ask me, oh, oh, do you floss? Oh my God. I want to, I just want to fight. I just want to get out of the right. chair. I want to take off my shirt and fight like it's prison. Okay. Right. That it makes me so mad because if like, I will floss no matter what at night. Okay, right. if I fall asleep on the couch, uh, you know, and wake up at 1:30 in the morning, I will go upstairs and I will floss before I get in bed cuz I am that committed to flossing. So when you ask me, "Oh, oh honey, you don't floss, sweetie. You don't." I it's it just it sets off something in me that I can I can hardly contain it. Of course, my reaction is, "Oh, well, I, actually, I do floss, ma'am.
1: Yeah, you know? it, it's like if you go into a in, into a fantasy draft with a bunch of people like that you've never met before, and they're like, "Oh, do you have you played fantasy football before? Have you?" Oh, yes, right. Screw you. God. Next one at Tubaca underscore, NFL player most likely to sustain Pokemon related injury. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Well, I think Tony Romo. Would Tony, break oh, his Tony, collarbone. Tony uh, Romo is the answer. Tony Romo is the answer. Tony Romo
1: broke his collarbone trying to catch a Pikachu. It, I what
0: well, there I would say there's like a 20% chance of that actually happening.
1: If only if only this game was out when Darren McFadden got hurt. He, oh, yeah. Because he dropped his phone whenever he got... That would have been perfect. That would have been a great storyline. Sam
0: Bradford would definitely walk off the stairs, walk off like a, a step uh, and sprain both ankles. Yeah.
1: Yeah, those are some good ones. Next one at BK Wasmer. He says, "Who are who are your favorite fantasy football analysts to read and listen to?" Um I think our boy Rich is is our go-to for a lot of stuff at Lord Reeb's. No yeah. one no yeah. one um no one absorbs information like Rich.
0: Yeah, right, and but I I think uh it absorbs it but then also like spits it out in a way that is not hot takey, which is hard. Right, right, right. I mean, it, it's it's hard to produce a lot of fantasy stuff without sounding like a know it all. But he 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 tends to to do this. So this show was basically living the stream is is uh, turning into a pump up Rich Rebar Power Hour, which is great.
1: Yeah, which is great because he deserves
0: and, it. He he does no, he does deserve it. We love you, Rich. Uh, um, I I would say just for two QB purposes um uh check out um two qbs.com uh they it's run uh, by our friend sal and he has a lot of um he has, he has a lot of really good uh two qb people working on the it's a yeah it's a so twoqbs.com you yeah. got you, you really need to check that out if if you're in a uh, a superflex or two qb league
1: yeah I was on their podcast actually. was it earlier this week? maybe yeah, I think I guess it was oh, Monday yeah. with Greg and Josh. It was a good time um so I heard that, you guys took
0: took shots at me. I heard that yeah, yeah
1: ride. I mean that's I do that anytime I'm not talking to you um I mean there's a lot of but there's a a lot of good analysts out there i you know i I tend to gravitate towards people that um you know aren't aren't living on narrative street and aren't aren't just kind of blowing smoke uh, in general. So I'll, I'll gravitate towards more, you know, just data driven, uh, folks like a Pat Thorman is really good. Um, you know, I love, you know, I love clay, my clay's work, those kind of guys. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a, there's a lot of good analysts out there. Kevin Cole is uh, a really good one.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, TJ Hernandez and, yeah. uh, Chris Rabon, yeah, yeah. TJ uh, and Chris are four great. for four that, That's like really like sober, but really good analysis that they, that they dish out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next one at knuckle pop will acoustic startle. This is good. Will acoustic startle reflex. eye blink times be added to the NFL combine. If so, what is JJ's ADP while listening to rush? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Don't be hating. There've been people that have come out to me after I opened up about my disorder saying that they have it as well. Came out to you. Oh my god. I've opened I've I've allowed people to walk out and admit that they have this as well. Wait what is it called again? Um I can't remember.
0: <laughs> oh okay. Wait, wait, wasn't it wasn't in, in in the tweet? No? It wasn't in the oh, tweet. Oh, is it is
1: it called acoustic startle reflex eye blink? Because I don't think it's I don't know if that's the whole it's something around it's something about acoustic I think was in it. No <laughs> But it was a thing. That's that-
0: Oh man, oh, to a Rush song! Oh my God, your eyes would just come out of their sockets. I would just, I think. I would just
1: keep on, just keep. My eyes would be shut, essentially. Like Ugh. I I'd just have to listen to Rush with my eyes closed. Yep. Uh, next one is from Rumford Johnny. It says, "Would you rather face twelve duck-sized gorillas with Justin Perillo faces on tiny segways with pink eye or angry Tom Brady?" <laughs> Ooh. That is so
0: terrifying. Know, a lot of man. angry Tom Brady
1: stuff going on. Just for the record, guys, I do want to just say this. So I, I, I went. You know, there were some angry Tom Brady tweets that I sent. I meant no disrespect or anything to anyone that that thinks that Tom Brady plays better when he has, uh, you know, when he's when he's angry, angry if you will, or when you know with a suspension going on. If you believe mm-hmm. that he plays better when he's angry, I'm I, I'm not saying that there's absolutely no validity to it. I'm just saying that in, from from my analysis what I believe in, I truly truly do not think that of all people especially like Tom Brady of all people is one that doesn't to me doesn't need motivation through anger to be a better football player. I understand that mo- I'm not, I'm not discrediting what motivation can do because we've seen You know, motivation is completely different than, like, hustle. And, like, I mean, it's a a different kind of... Because motivation goes on off the field and such, where there's some guys that don't even care about looking at film, or there's some guys that don't care about going to the gym or getting better in the offseason. That's stuff that, that sure, it, it certainly counts, because there's really, really athletic guys with no motivation who don't do anything in the NFL, and guys who have no athletic ability that have tons of motivation that do well in the NFL. The problem is that, at the end of the day, a lot of that stuff comes out in production, and you can see... You know, like like when someone says like, "Oh, Derek Carr," though, you know, I'll, I'll say Derek Carr wasn't that good last year, or as good as what people think. And they'll say, "Oh, well, Derek Carr grinds film." And I was like, "Okay, well, if he grinded film so well, he would have produced better, right?" Like that's that's the result of grinding film is producing better. So with this angry Tom Brady stuff, we've you know, Tom Brady's a good quarterback regardless. He doesn't need this this anger to me. I think for him to be better. So I just wanted to clear the air though that I wasn't wasn't out there targeting anyone or or trying to say you're a moron for thinking that Tom Brady's better when he's angry. I truly, truly, when those things happen on Twitter and then I wrote an article about it and such, I'm I'm truly just trying to get my voice out there and my opinion out there because I think that's what people want to see and want to read.
0: It's okay if we have disagreements on on how how to evaluate things. I, I, I think, you know, I mean, we don't, we try not to hurt people's feelings and and everything, but uh, but it, it happens sometimes. And as far as this angry Tom Brady thing goes, I, you know, I, I think anything that involves a story, okay, that's what we mean when we talk about narrative. We're talking about the creation of a story. It makes sense if you look at you know, uh, the telling of stories is not nothing new to humanity. We've been telling stories to each other since we could, since we had language. Okay, right. it, it's it, it's how. We we understand the world. We understand the world through our stories, passed on, new stories, whatever stories in books, stories in movies, stories in comic books, everything. Okay, so so the, the, you know this, the narrative is an incredibly important part of how we process you know external events. Uh, so it makes sense to me that people would see Tom Brady being mad uh, at the NFL or whoever and and then uh coming back and playing uh, extra motivated right and so in that way it makes sense i don't agree that we should evaluate players based on their motivation at the time but uh storytelling um you know is is just a part of how we operate
1: yeah for sure next one uh, at one the fool gemini he says better upside as final round wide receiver terrence williams or mike wallace
0: that's kind of tough for me.
1: No, I'd go Mike Wallace.
0: Really, you hate Terrence Williams?
1: Uh, Terrence Williams is not good.
0: No, he's not. No, uh, Mike Wallace. Guess...
1: Mike Wallace isn't either. But Mike Wallace at least has a an interest. Uh, an offense is going to throw more for sure. Yes, yes, and yes. and I, he I, has the upside of at least like having a, a pretty legitimate spot in that lineup.
0: I think I think if the Cowboys were committed to scoring as many points as possible, then I would say Williams, but you're right. The, the Ravens will have to throw quite a lot.
1: Yeah. Next one at the dude, 7,400 thoughts on Matt Forte.
0: I think in redraft, his price to me is just a a little too high. I I just, Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in him at that time, at that price.
1: My take on it. I agree. Uh, I don't really own much of Forte in, uh, in MFL tens. My take is essentially, um, Below Powell is there, and that's frightening to me because Forte has made a living through being a great receiving back through the years, and that's kind of what Powell does. They brought Powell back. Powell was very, very efficient, especially towards the tail end of last year. Um, I, you, who know What if he's better than Forte? It's they not. Have Kyrie, they have Kyrie Robinson too. I mean, there's 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 a decent backfield there. I just don't know if the volume is going to be there for Forte like people think. Next one, the Manimal eighteen was. This is a really good tweet. Was Lindsay Vaughn's so? Did you see the Espies with Lindsay Vaughn and JJ Watt? No. So she, there was a a. I'll I'll say this was. Lin, I'll just read his tweet. Was Lindsay Vaughn's groin massage comment a publicity stunt to hide the fact that JJ Watt is gay? Stay woke. Whoa. Yeah, that's that's what his tweet said. You should you I, I won't I won't bring up the, the what happened. Just go look at it after the show or if you're listening to the show, pause the show and just Google Lindsay Vaughn, JJ Watt, because it was it's pretty pretty intense comment that she made.
0: I yeah. Wow, I, I'm not familiar with that. But speaking of players who we love to hate on, uh, I heard Tim Tebow is speaking at the G O P convention. Is oh, this right? i
1: I, I've, I saw that on it wasn't wasn't Alex Smith on the list, but it's obviously not the Alex Smith. But I think the oh. name Alex Smith was on the list of speakers. And someone sent a tweet this morning about Jesus speaking at the RNC.
0: Well, he he obviously will make an appearance, but <laughs> yeah, <right>. um, <laughs>
1: yeah, of course. But
0: Tebow, man, man, that's that's a tough spot to be in if you're Tebow because he's he's Mister Nice Guy, and that yeah. that convention's not going to be nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next Woo. one at Razorback in time. Does having very deep rosters—two quarterback, one tight end, three running back, three wide receiver, two flex. Promote even more zero RB because you can't, because you can punt RB. Um, I don't think that, that uh, if you're starting three running backs, then you the demand for running back is higher. You would be able to punt running back if you only had to start one running back. It's mm-hmm. the opposite direction. So, no. Um, the next one at Swaggy Dad Runner, what's one DGAF beyond bold prediction for this year? Mine, Bruce Ellington is the top San Francisco wide receiver and top wide receiver 30 in PPR and a top 30 wide receiver in ppr we're let's just say this i, I kept this this question on here because i think that this is a good time to say we'll do another bold predictions pod before the season starts
0: oh yeah no the, it, right i was gonna say i don't really want to give away a couple that are been stewing for me but uh yeah i mean that that's reasonable to me
1: yeah next one uh at too much tuma uh, why does no one ever mention the problem with 0RB, which is stashing running backs through early waiver wire madness? For example, last year I drafted David Johnson, but had to drop him during buys before he broke out. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that the one issue with the way that 0RB is approached by the masses, not even the way that Sean wrote it and, and, and talks about it, but the, the way it's approached by the masses is that it's a very, very hindsight-driven strategy um if you want to, to the, the best answer to this is if you want to learn about uh how the waiver wire selections uh have been made at the running back position over the last couple of seasons um, and how that's impacted basically how accurate and how good we are at picking up waiver wire running backs brandon gadula did an amazing article on number fire about that that shows how difficult it really is to get waiver wire running backs um but zero rb you know there's there's so much more depth, I think, than what the masses have kind of caught on with zero RB, is is really my my answer. Like, there's so much more to it than hey, just draft your running backs late. Yeah, Yeah, there is. I, I think I think that's the main issue with um, zero RB in general, the way that it's been caught on. Same the same deal happened with like late round quarterbacks. They're like, oh, I got my quarterback in the sixth round aren't i you know aren't i doing it it's like no that's not the point or like oh i was the last guy to draft a quarterback aren't i great it's like no that's not the point either you know i think that really really look at what sean has has taught with his zero rb philosophy and strategy and you'll learn so much about about fantasy and, and what he's he's trying to say with it
0: yeah no i i remember those tweets back in the day it doesn't happen so much anymore but people saying uh you know um uh i waited all the way to the 5th to get so and so and i was like well that's that's not good yeah.
1: <laughs> the next one uh at w carl russell when denny cooks for himself does he use any of these delicious food enhancers hot sauce butter or salt
0: good question um no no butter i don't ever use butter for anything uh i definitely use salt a little bit and believe it or not I do sometimes use hot sauce.
1: Well, they're great.
0: I, no, they. I mean, but I think people would be shocked to learn that I I put I put hot sauce like, you know, if I had like a breakfast burrito or something, I hot would put sauces, hot sauce.
1: Hot, so, I put a hot sauce on everything.
0: Really, I. But I, I don't. Do... But I
1: don't like. I don't like. I don't like crazy, crazy spice. I like the hot sauce, like the buffalo flavor
0: okay okay have you ever have you ever like made the huge mistake of taking a hot sauce that you don't really know you're not familiar with and then like piling it on yes. and taking a bite you, you, you've done this right yes of course and it, it's humiliating because you're sitting there and you're like i mean if you're with people right you're you're like choking on right. it and you're, but you're trying to pretend like you're cool right exactly. so you're like sipping your water your beer like good god please call please you know uh, cool down Please cool down. Yeah, but it why won't. Why, aren't,
1: why aren't my Pokémon helping me right now? When it's <laughs> right. like where's my water Pokémon at to to help my mouth? Jump down my throat Pokémon and please cool it off. Come here Poliwhirl. come help me. Poliwhirl. Yeah. Those are all the questions any most of the questions. We're we're running out of time here. So, before we go, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you?
0: Yes. Uh I can be found on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, that was weird. I can be found on Twitter, uh, at cdcarter13. Uh, and uh, check out draftdayconsultants.com, everybody.
1: Uh, and I'm JJ Zacharyson. and you can find me on Twitter, at lateroundqb, all my work over at numberfire.com. And this week, I started doing, at 3 p.m. EST, every day, I'm doing a fantasy football Q&A on Periscope. Uh, they've been fun so far. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you are around, if you're at work, whatever, just pop in and at least you know you can put, plug in your headphones to your phone or something like that and at least listen and then ask questions if you have any questions. Uh it's been a good time. It's just kind of like a rapid fire half hour. It goes by really fast. It's 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 fun though.
0: Yeah, you've uh, you've been you've been very very uh good and handsome in those uh in those periscopes. I heard a rumor that this is our 100th episode?
1: Next next week is the 100th it is, episode. It is next week.
0: Okay. It yes. is next
1: so week. So, I will say this is the 99th episode of Living the Stream, which means next week is episode 100, which means next week there will be somewhat of a celebration. All right. And it's going to be great. We're going to drink milkshakes. It's going to be awesome.
0: Till we vomit, yes.
1: Till we vomit. But for now, everyone, enjoy the rest of your week, and we will catch you next week. Thank you for listening
0: to Living the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out makegroundqb.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.